0: and welcome to episode number 83 of the Dynamite Effect. Recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 140 of Rest continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live from the LaCara Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And a special shout out to everyone in Florida who's dealing with Hurricane Ian right now. It is a devastating storm and hopefully everybody is staying safe and sound all across the state of Florida and this impacted Dynamite last night as Tony Khan tweeted out on Monday that anyone from personnel to talent that works for the company had the option to stay at home on Wednesday night because travel would have been impossible starting on Monday when mandatory evacuations were in place in certain parts of the state and traveling back to Florida in the middle of a hurricane would definitely be a choice. I'm glad he put everybody's safety first which made the show last night feel a bit long in the tooth due to a lot of padding but this is more than forgivable this week due to the extenuating circumstances so here's hoping everyone heeded Tony's warning they're at home safe and sound and they're doing their best to ride out the storm as we will get into last night's dynamite going down live in Philly with the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out decked out in all purple velvet at that and they did the choreographed twirl during Jericho's entrance which was pretty damn clean and this was basically a celebration of Chris Jericho winning the Ocho his eighth world championship when he won the ring of honor title from Claudio Casanoli last Wednesday on Ash and This was a fun segment. We had the egregious kissing between Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara. We got Luigi Primo in the corner, just twirling pizza dough like an absolute boss. Matt Menard being obnoxious on the mic. Angelo Parker telling us that Philadelphia sucks before tossing the mic to La Champion Chris Jericho as we ring in the Ring of Jericho as he's going to desecrate the legacy of Ring of Honor by topping and undoing the legacy of this promotion. So he is the heel of heels going after the tradition and the honor of being ring of honor champion and to top things off we got daniel garcia in the scene is completely checked out of being a member of the jas he no longer wants to be a sports entertainer i'm living for daniel's facial expressions of not giving a shit about this anymore so jericho presents to him a purple kango hat and daniel garcia rejects said hat when Jericho puts it on his head and Garcia knocks out Luigi which leads to boos after Primo initially said hey this pizza is for New York and the fans boo with that but they also boo at Luigi getting knocked out by Garcia and he wins them back over by telling Jericho that he is tired of this scene it isn't him and he is not a sports entertainer he is a professional wrestler but before he can say the words Jericho cuts him off and the crew threatens to beat Garcia down if he doesn't understand his place in the crew. Brian Danielson comes comes out to let Garcia know that hey he has the right to choose what he wants to do and who he wants to spend his time with whether it's with you or with the Blackpool Combat Club whether he wants a team with you or me it doesn't matter because it's Daniel Garcia's decision at the end of the day the fans cheer at this and Garcia says well what's entertaining to you throwing this pizza on the floor? Would it be me waking up Luigi over there and beating his ass some more? Would that be entertaining to you, Jericho? Would it be entertaining for me to team up with Brian Danielson to face you and Sammy Guevara in a tag team match on Dynamite one day? Would that entertain you enough? And Jericho shuts all of this down. Matt Menard really gets angry, blaming Garcia for ditching them when they helped him over a year ago when he was nobody. And now he is going to shun them when they made him famous and Brian Danielson is riled up because Matt Menard wants to fight him. And he says, Well, I'm dressed to compete. I can do whatever I want to do tonight, and I can fight you, which leads to our opening match between Brian Danielson and Matt Menard. And I thought this was a fun, if not longish, way to kick off Dynamite last night. And I thought Garcia was the highlight. His facial expressions in the background prior to confronting Jericho was everything he was so subtle by not caring for this scene whatsoever not feeling the vibe of being a sports entertainer and he's so good in this role and he's gonna be a star i truly believe this time last year he just had the mechanics down to being a good wrestler devoid of some charisma this year the personality is there he's captivating to watch he's gonna be over as a star and he screams cool it's very cool to see a guy that has so much swag but is a technician in the ring. Everything he does is so beautiful and flawless. And that makes him unique in this day and age. He's not a high flyer. He's not a guy that's going to give you 50 flips and shit. He's a guy that's going to work bell to bell and twist you or a knot some way somehow and I dig that as a wrestling fan it gives me variety it gives me flavor it gives me something different and Garcia just has an extra sauce it's gonna make him be a big star as he enters the prime of his career and Garcia and Danielson as a team give me that next week on Dynamite as they will face Jericho and Guevara during the third year anniversary episode of AEW Dynamite yes three years since the launch of this promotion. Time flies, but it's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? Next up is Brian Danielson versus Matt Menard. And this match was largely dominated by Matt Menard. He was throwing Danielson into the barricade at one point. Danielson makes a comeback by landing a moonsault on the outside and some drop kicks. But when he was back on the outside, Angela Parker sent him knee first into the ring post behind the referee's back. And Menard was on offense for a bit until Claudio Casinoli made the save by chasing down Angela Parker, picking him up and sending him all the way Way backstage on his back which I loved very much Claudio's strength is ridiculous and he was in fine form here last night as Danielson takes advantage of this distraction by landing de Busakuni on Menard followed by the LaBelle Lock for the submission victory to wrap up the opening segment of Dynamite which went about 30 minutes this was a lot of fun mainly for William Regal on commentary comparing Excalibur to a rice crispy treat he could snap crackle and pop at any time I laughed because William Regal is the best since forever. Next up is Willie Yuta interrupting MGF's mic time as he calls him out after last week's attack courtesy of W. Morrissey and the aforementioned Maxwell Jacob Freeman and the promo is fine Willie Yuta was nervous a bit but he got through it and the Philly fans are his hometown crew and they gave him the chance to really breathe and cut a scathing promo on MGF which is not easy to do when you go up against one of the best in the business today and MGF comes out rocking a Mets jersey to antagonize Philly fans as he says you Poor people wished that you could live in New York, but you live in Philly instead. Calls out Yuta for being one of the best in the world because they ran up the road together on the indie scene, honing their craft over the years. But really, Yuta is no MJ he's not on his level he would never be on his level as MJF continues to insult him the Phillies and Tony Schiavone by calling him a fat old prick that doesn't have the balls to do anything about it and really Yuta cuts off MJF saying I don't care about you your jersey your scarf where are you from what you've accomplished because all I care about is beating your ass and making you bleed all over Broad Street the fans cheer at this and he wants MGF one-on-one right then and there MJF backs off by introducing Austin and Colton Gunn from the firm. And this match between Yuta and MGF will go down next Wednesday during the anniversary edition of Dynamite. In Washington DC a fine segment MJF was a heel this week the battle continues though as the fans hear his music and they want to cheer him but he got the appropriate hometown heat last night by going after Philadelphia and ultimately Willa Yuta and Yuta held his own he did fine better than he did last week in New York but it's all about getting more comfortable and finding the time to hit your groove on the mic it will happen for him in due time the more he cuts promos backstage on TV it worked Wonders for Jungle Boy in the last year. Jay Cargill early on was not a great promo, but look at her now. It just takes repetition to get those beats together to really come across as believable. Whether you are a heel. Or a babyface in the case of Willie Uta. Next up is AEW World Champion John Moxley versus Juice Robinson in an Eliminator match. If Juice wins, he gets a shot at Moxley's title next Wednesday. Undyna might have possibly Battle of the Belts next Friday after Rampage as well. Either or is a fine option. This was a really good match. I'm glad that AEW educated the fans on who Juice Robinson is and how he is one of very few men to beat Moxley in the ring over the last couple of years or so and they put on a show this was a match mainly dominated by juice robinson who got the jump on moxley during his entrance that pops the crowd every single time but a threat of this match was him being a bit too cocky waiting for the right time to strike when mox just responds with a clothesline or a suplex or just beating your ass at ringside. At one point, he tosses Juice over the timekeeper's table to gain the advantage, but Juice returns a favor on Mox a short time later as we go picture-in-picture, picture, which is dominated by Juice for the most part as he is going to bite into the forehead of Mox and makes him bleed a bit, which Mox hasn't done lately, but he gets to bleed last night. But Mox makes a pretty good comeback. As Robinson misses a cannonball in the apron through the chair, Mox responds with a tope on the outside, and both men are going to collide with Larry. It's until Moxley drops Robinson with a cutter for a near fall. An ankle locker to an STF leads to a Robinson rope break until Juice lands a thumb to the eye and drops Mox with a powerbomb from the top rope for a near fall. Mox is going for the Death Rider a couple of times in this match. Every time is blocked by Robinson who lands Pulp Friction for a great near fall, and the selling execution by Mox was everything. So, Juice goes for a reverse airplane spin. Mox is going to free himself from that lands. A devastating rigone. is going to land those elbow strikes to the side of Juice Robinson before landing a cross-arm breaker that makes Juice tap out immediately as Mox stands tall with AEW World Championship. And MJF is watching from the luxury box with his poker chip that he can cash at any time. And he's going to sit there and watch Hangman Page come out to confront Mox ahead of their championship match on Tuesday, October 18th, live from Cincinnati. And that's going to be a pro-mox crowd. And they're going to boo Hangman out of the building, I fear. MGF grabs the mic and cuts a promo high above the people as he lets Mox and Hangman know that you're fighting to lose to me eventually. Because I got the poker chip. I can cash in at any time to become the new AEW world champion. You're simply a placeholder. And as he's talking, Willa Yuta appears behind him and he proceeds to beat MGF's ass. It's a great sight. The selling of this beatdown by Maxwell Was hilarious. It was over the top, but I loved it. And he is just a perfect Dick Hill. But at the same time, he's fighting that battle with the people who really want to love him. And that is going to be something he's going to have to navigate and find ways to get booed. He's clever. But I think at some point, you got to stop fighting the tide and just go with it because he has versatility and the skill set to be one. Of the most over baby faces in the game, if he truly goes there someday. Now is not the time, but he's got to find more ways to hold this off for as long as he can in the weeks and months to come. Next up is. Soraya's official AEW debut and she cuts a promo for the people and I'm very mixed on this segment because I love Soraya I truly do last week she had a name check people say it's not Soraya it's Soraya I think I said her name right I was butchering it saying Soraya but it was Soraya so I'm proud to say I had it right the first time before correcting myself then undoing it I'm very much a stickler for getting people's names right and I'm glad I got it right in the end it's Soraya and she is the revolution according to her and she's going to make some big changes in the aew women's division as she introduces the aew interim women's world champion tony storm athena willow nightingale sky blue and madison rain and you know i felt kind of mixed about this segment because this introduction reminds me of the year 2015 It was a July in Atlanta and it was Stephanie McMahon declaring the women's revolution shall be televised by introducing Charlotte Flair, NXT, women's champion Sasha Banks and steampunk Becky Lynch. It was a moment, but it took about eight months for this to really take hold at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas when they stole the show for the WWE Women's Championship at the time in AEW it's been three years and we've seen the highs and lows of this women's division and I'm all about the talk but I want to see action at this point and it just reminded me too much of the PR spiel that WWE would do let me introduce you to Tony Storm and yada 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 I love everybody in this ring from Athena willow tony madison sky blue i like everyone's potential and experience but i'm tired of the talk i'm tired of the surprises i'm ready for this division to take the next step in terms of telling stories not surrounding the championship and not having matches at 9:20 eastern every single wednesday the formula has been switched recently which i appreciate but i am tired of the bare minimum i'm tired of it at this point the fans are tired of the talk i want to see actual action in the ring and in the booking to make this division stand out it's been three years and i have seen glimmers of what this division can be i want more injuries have held things back a bit understandably so but when you had a four roster you played around with it too much and now you got to play catch up again and we got to work on that again. So I will believe it when I see it. And I hope I see it very soon. Soraya, I hope she can be that change agent. I really do. Right now, she's still not clear to wrestle. She wasn't even clear to be a part of this lumberjack match last night. She was on commentary when it was Tony Storm versus Serena D for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. Then Britt Baker comes out there to remind Soraya that I was here first. I'm the face. I'm the foundation around here. I put my blood, sweat, and tears, and put my neck out there, and my neck is stronger than yours. So I know what I can do. I know what I bring to the table. Ironically enough, the most over person in this segment was Jamie Hader, who got her pops in Chicago. Keeps getting pops every time. She almost flips on Britt Baker. That's a side story. They need to tell towards the end of this year. This is a story dating back a year ago. You got to pay it off. The fans want to rock with Jamie Hayter. That's the story. Tell it. Express it. Give us a feud between Britt and Jamie heading into quarter one of next year. That's the selling point. That's the draw that people really want to get into. Focus on that. Do that. Make secondary feuds mean something a la Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker last year. I love their feud. They got real life beef now, which is unfortunate, but they produce beautiful magic together whenever they're in the ring together. There's no doubt about it. So I hope that AEW captures this lightning in the bottle with Jamie Hader, who can be a centerpiece of this women's division moving forward. She's got the people with her. Go with it in the months to come. And we're good to go. And this match between Tony Storm and Serena Deep for the AEW Women's World Championship was good. The crowd heat was kind of in and out, but both ladies worked incredibly hard. The Lumberjacks were all right. They were, you know, there for the most part. But Jamie Lang and the shot on Sky Blue was awesome, and the fans once again were rocking with Jamie Hader until Willow Nightingale and Jamie got into it and they brawled backstage, which I loved. So hopefully we get something on Rampage or Dynamite involving those two in the next few days or so. From there, Tony Storm is going to counter a Dragon Screw into a Roll Up attempt for a near fall, but Serena Deeb is going to do a Neck Crank by flipping over and twisting Tony by grabbing the neck and cranking, and it was a six spot followed by the Serena Lock for a tap out attempt on Tony Storm. Tony is going to get out of that and eventually land the hip attack in the corner on Serena Deep. lands Storm Zero. A six Storm Zero. Great sale by Serena Deep, which was not for the win. The fans pop at that near fall but the highlight was Tony landing an avalanche power driver on Serena Deep for the win. Very impressive victory for Tony Storm got the crowd into it by the end which is always a good thing. The lumberjack step was kind of unnecessary in my eyes and Soraya reminded me too much of what she She did on SmackDown as SmackDown general manager. I want more than that. If she can get clear to work, fantastic. But I don't want to see a redo of the women's revolution in AEW. I saw it in WWE and it had its highs and lows. It's still ever evolving to this day. And the core issue is, can you tell more than one story not involving the championship? It's doable for AEW, but my patience is wearing thin because we've been talking about this for three years. There's glimmers of hope here and there, but when I can tell you your best champion was Akura Shida during a pandemic and she never got her due or putting in that work every pay per view and TV, that says a lot. I like Brit a lot too, but her reign, so, so. Thunder Rose, surprise to the injury, so, so reign as well. You got to push your champions. You got to push the contenders. You got to push side fuse to justify championship matches down the road. Storytelling is key. That applies to WWE and AEW. You got to put in that TLC for your women's division. I lived through this in WWE. I don't want the remix in this company because you have the talent to do great things. If you just give them a chance, Jamie Hader organically over is a clear sign of that. Take a risk, gamble, do something with it and make a goddamn star. I'm begging you at this point. Next up is Ricky Starks making very quick work out of a fella named Eli Ism as he rocked dude with the misdirect spear followed by the Rochambeau for the win. The cover by Ricky with the hop through was hilarious. I love Ricky Starks. This is another guy that can be a huge star in AEW if given a chance. He can talk, he can work, he's charismatic, he gives you the eyebrow like the rock, he's next in line for great things if he is given chance that shine on a regular on dynamite rampage and pay-per-view in the months to come. And now it is time for our main event featuring the new ring of honor world champion, Chris Jericho versus Bandino making his AEW debut. And this was a great showcase for Bandino. He absolutely put on a show. He did Some crazy shit, including several topes and crossbodies on Jericho on the outside. At one point, he deadlifts Jericho for a vertical suplex for one minute. And the fans are on their feet for this. They love this feat of strength and it was absolutely incredible to watch. He does the Eddie Guerrero shimmy which I always love followed by a fox watching Jericho for two. Jericho lands a mid-air cold breaker on Bandino for a near fall but eventually both men are fighting on the apron. They trade strikes for a bit until Bandino lands on her corona on Jericho. On the floor as we go to commercial break we come back and both men are trading strikes back and forth. Bandino's gonna collapse from taking this beat down but he's Going to counter Jericho with a springboard corner dropkick into a springing sunset flip for two. Bandino goes for a dropkick, but Jericho lands a lion salt for a near fall. Bandino is going to float over a layered attempt into a snap crucifix bomb for a near fall. Jericho is going to counter the Exony into the walls of Jericho. Medino is going to get out of that. And he is going to land an absolutely gorgeous revolution fly across body into a moonsault on Jericho for a near fall. He hits the Exony flesh and his the 21 plex for an even closer near fall On one Chris Jericho, but Jericho, the Raleigh veteran, the cheater that he is, lands an eye poke, obscures a mask of Bandino and lands the walls of Jericho into the lion tamer for the tap out win, which is always the sicker submission that's going to take out a guy that can't see or move his face every single time time. After the match is over, Jericho continues to disrespect the legacy of Ring of Honor and what that title represents. He's going to challenge Brian Danielson to a match in Toronto, Canada in a couple of weeks' time, on might to say he is going to be the greatest Ring of Honor champion of all time by taking out all of the lineage surrounding that title and its champions over the last two decades. And in the ultimate disrespect to Ring of Honor, he is going to deliver a sucker punch and Judas effect to Bobby Cruz, the voice of Ring of Honor as his ring announcers Ian Riccaboni, flips out on commentary as Dynamite goes off the air at the top of the hour and I thought this was a great way to get heat on Jericho as he is the anti Ring of Honor champion as he rings in the Ring of Jericho great main event Bandino showed up and showed out he was amazing the fans absolutely loved him and rightfully so he might secure a deal with this company based on his performance last night and this wraps up a good Dynamite not a great show but a good show under the circumstances of Hurricane Ian my thoughts go out to everyone affected by the storm right now as it continues to move through the state as I record this show and heading towards the Georgia coastline in South and North Carolina as a tropical storm early Friday morning stay safe out there and hunker down the best way you can and next week is going to be the anniversary edition of AEW Dynamite it is going to be a fun show three years of this promotion being in existence on national tv is a big deal. He's hoping year four is going to be their best year ever as every year should be their best year ever always and on that note this wraps up episode number 83 of the dynamite effect recapping the highs and lows from aw dynamite on tbs i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at later wrestling x on twitter and or instagram or receptopia they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows the drop on the semi-daily recapping monday night raw nxt aw dynamite friday night smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt you know what to do such restoptopia and follow me on apple podcast amazon music audible google podcast buzzsprout i Heart radio Stitcher Radio. Tune in plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 53 of the Smackdown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later boys and girls. Take care.